Welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Steve Carse. And today, Steve and I are honored and privileged to have not only uh, a living legend in the baseball world, but sincerely one of the finest human beings I think we'll ever meet in our lifetimes, uh, Mr. Fred Clare. Fred, thank you very much for joining us today. Great to be uh, with you and Steve, Jonathan, and um, uh, happy to have this opportunity. Yeah, Before thanks for taking the time. Anytime, thank you. First question before we jump into everything else, because I have to ask it. I know Steve may uh, uh, punch me afterwards, but Fred, uh, you had overlap between the two of you. I know you had him on the draft board. I know you're looking to acquire him at some point. Uh, true or false? Well, I, I, uh, I think that's um, true. I can't say specifically, but you know, when you're in a position of uh, looking to improve your team, there are a lot of names that enter a conversation and uh, certainly a lot of names uh, in the world that I dealt with because I relied heavily on some very great scouts. Uh, Steve knew um, many of them, uh, the wonderful Mel Didier, mm -hmm. uh, Phil Regan, um, and when you uh, uh, have scouts of that uh, caliber, a lot of names cross and, um, you know, you research and you look at a lot of players and I never ever considered any of that a waste of time, even though it didn't develop into a trade because you're gathering information and it's all about information and uh, all the, and uh, good uh, homework and ultimately a decision. And that's where I was thinking when when I've when I when I've done research on you, Fred, and we're gonna get into the book Extra Innings. It's over here, so it's it's common, folks. But trying to understand your mindset of how you do business, so to speak, uh, I really respect the fact that you look beyond the numbers. Even though you were a trailblazer in analytics, but you had you you would go and I think you would find their grade one teacher, you'd find their baseball coach from high school, you'd find anybody you could to try to understand character. And that's where I, I feel very fortunate to have such great baseball greatness in this room right now as we're speaking, because I can tell you becoming friends with Steve and understanding what he's about beyond the numbers, you know, it's a terrific human being, like just as far as character wise. And that's where I thought, you know, it'd be amazing to see the two of you mesh together, because I think if you were to play together or on the same team, I think you would have really got along because of the heart that Steve has. And I think that shows because he went on to coaching and a lot of coaches, I as far as from my experience goes, it's the people that work the hardest and that's where they try to bring forward to the younger generation. Well, uh, even though Steve and I didn't have the chance to uh, be together, we were together in the baseball world. And uh, I, I have a, um, an instinct that we would have been very close because uh, as I look back and fortunate to be with the Dodgers for 30 years and a fan long before that, when I saw my first game at Crosley Field in Cincinnati at the age of 12 or 13, I was in love and passionate about the game of baseball. But the most, in looking back, without question, the most underrated part of a scouting report and evaluating players is seldom mentioned, and it should be always at the forefront character, makeup, 
Th this isn't even a question. You have to have a certain ability to be considered as a professional player. I was blessed, blessed through my Dodger career at the start to know Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, Duke Snyder, Pee Wee Reese, uh, Carl Erskine, a dear friend today. Uh, so, and carry that into the years of Koufax and Don Drysdale and the dear friend Maury Wills, who I stay in close touch with. Carry that through Garvey, Lopes, Russell, Say, Reggie, Dusty. Carry that right on through uh, Kirk Gibson and Oral and Mickey Hatcher. And we were, I was together with the, uh, the latest people that I mentioned at the wonderful service uh, for the great, uh, memorable, unforgettable Vin Scully yesterday at uh, his service. So there is a common thread in the greatness of players. There is a common thread, and that is the makeup of the individual. And as a general manager, I wanted to know about the people. I wanted to know who they were. I wanted to know how they played the game. I wanted to understand them. And, and, and when I uh, knew them, then, um, then, then I was very comfortable with the people that I knew that we had brought the right people uh, into our uh, clubhouse. So I'm a, I'm a huge believer in character. Yeah, so that takes me to to my question, which was going to come up. Uh, and the game has changed, right? Uh, in in the last thirty years with analytics, um, those scouts that you've discussed and talked about uh, are getting weeded out of the game. They're not as important anymore because of the analytics and doing that. We always talk about the human element of the game and what that person brings to the table. So, can you just touch on a little bit, Fred? about uh, you know, what you think about analytics, the, the scouting off of the computer that many teams do these days, uh, along with uh, you know, the, the scouts who are kind of being watered down and not having a voice in the room. Uh, great uh, question, uh, Steve. And as Jonathan mentioned, I was a believer in analytics. I was a pioneer in analytics. Uh, a young man from Caltech who's gone on to become one of the top analytical people in the game, Ari Kaplan. Uh, we, we went into the analytics business. Analytics you can use and you need as a point of information. But I, I will go back. If they gave me an opportunity today, uh, which isn't going to happen at my age and stage, the first thing that I would look at would be the people that I want to bring into our organization. And, and they would be based in the, in the scouting because I don't care, scouting, player development are still, it's not a close race, are the most important facts, features of a baseball organization today. You have to identify that and know that and the other part of that is when you have a true 
leadership, when you get that person who becomes representative of what you're trying to do and becomes the leader. So you can use analytics to help you, although you didn't need it to define the talent of a Mookie Betts. And I don't even know Mookie Betts, but I know a leader when I see one. I didn't have the honor to know Bill Russell of the Celtics. I saw him many times, but I could see in person and off the TV screen, the wonders of Bill Russell, who was all about bringing the people with him. And that was the element, even in bringing someone into your organization. There is no question, it probably gets overblown as Kirk would be the first to say. But what Kirk brought to a team that had been 16 games under 500, see, 16 games under 500, the two previous seasons, and a world championship. And you know what he would shout when he came into the clubhouse? What a team, team. I take all the analytics you want, take anything you want. You don't have anything. You, you've lived it, Steve. You know, yes. you, what, you know one of the people I would call upon to scout players? The visiting clubhouse guy. I'm sure there are general <laughs> managers that don't know the name of the visiting clubhouse guy. The visiting clubhouse guy knew who, how those players got along with one another. They knew who the leader was. They knew who the guy was who came in with a hangover. They knew who the guy was who really was just there and really didn't give a damn. They know. You have to find the people who know. That's amazing insight because that is so true. There are so many people within uh, you know, the circles of baseball that can give you information, maybe not from your own clubhouse, but from, from outside or, or elsewhere. And uh, you know, it's, it's, I love the passion that you talk about some of this stuff because I've been coaching for the last 12 years. Uh, obviously I stepped away to spend more time with my family, but uh, you know, just seeing some of this stuff uh, with the shifts and the percentages and things like that. But um, you know, it's, it's taken away from some of the, some of the fun in the game. I believe in my opinion, just watching it, it's a lot of walks you know, it's home runs and it's strikeouts. It used to be an embarrassment to strike out in the game 30 years ago when you would walk back to the dugout. And today it seems just like it's uh, it's commonplace as long as I put up a three-run homer somewhere along the line. No, I, uh, uh, much has changed. Uh, but the importance of the, uh, of the player and identifying that player and uh, I stay close to the game through friends in the game. So I certainly know the changes, see the changes, but I also see how a team can come together. I've had the um, wonderful honor to get to know and become a very good friend of Dave Roberts. Uh, Maury Wills had called me when Dave was named the manager of the Dodgers and asked if I would meet with him at the winter meetings. And so I met with Dave and we connected uh, from the moment we met and have stayed connected. And he, he's in a position where he's in an organization that relies on analytics. 
And very candidly, I haven't said it publicly, but it's the fact. I said, Dave, you, you're in a, a position now where you're an organization that uses a lot of analytics. You listen to it, you look at it, but you, my friend, you make the decisions that you uh, know are the right decisions for your ball club. So he's an example. And I don't mean to say that simply because it's a, a Dodger and it's Dave Roberts, but I, I know leadership when I see it. And I think that what he and the Dodger front office have developed there is a very powerful group of players who come together as a team. Now, Jonathan and Steve, to the point of analytics, you know where analytics are most helpful? It has nothing to do, in my view. And Steve, you, you were a coach, you, mm -hmm. you know this. Yeah. If, you, if I can use analytics to help you as a pitcher, if, if I can show you weight transfer, if I can show you release point and the consistency or the non-consistency, it's like a golf pro. I can help you be a better pitcher. Why do the Dodgers bring in these pitchers who have struggled elsewhere, who have success? They're, they've got 20 people in analytics, and two, including two students who, who when I taught, had the honor to teach a class at Caltech. And when you talk about bright young people, you're talking about Caltech who didn't even know there was a place in sports. So use analytics. But the, 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 the idea of a shift, if I was running a ball club today, I'll tell you one thing. When our players started out in, in rookie ball, you, you'd be learning how to hit it. If you were a left-hand hit, you'd be learning how to hit the ball to left field. I guarantee you. And not only that, you know why, Steve? Because you know the game. Because when you stay back and you hit the ball to left field, just like winning balls, that's the way you learn how to hit. That's right. But we, we have people in the game who don't really understand the game is the problem. That, that's, I shouldn't say that, but, but I, I feel that at, at, at times. When you mentioned analytics to that level, Steve's eyes lit up like a kid at Christmas. He, <laughs> you were singing his tune completely. Now, I got to just put something into context now for the listeners. Uh, I, I feel like I want to ask for ID at the moment because this person in front of us that's speaking claims to be, I believe, 87 years old. He looks no uh, shade, maybe past 47. I have seen 20-year-olds on three Red Bulls that do not have the energy of this man. Fred, where did you find the fountain of youth? Like, you have the greatest hair, head of hair I've ever seen. Your eyes light up. Uh, how do you do this, man? How do you have this energy through everything you've gone through in life and be invigorated like you're ready to go run a marathon right now? I have, uh, I have been blessed. I've had a, uh, a passion for the game uh, as far as my career, as I mentioned, from the time I saw a game at Crossley Field. So I, I uh, remember uh, Grady Hatton and Hank Sauer and Frankie Baumholtz and Ewell Blackwell. I mean, those were the players of the 40s, late 40s. Um, my brother and I trapped muskrats in Ohio and I bought the 1948 World Series film. I can play the 1948 World Series for you in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and then to have the honor to get to know most of those people. Uh, so 
with the passing of my dear friend Vinny, uh, our our bond was that I, I understood and fed off of his passion for the game, but uh, and and to have the great honor, and I don't want to get carried away, to be with Jackie Robinson, to meet him in 1972 and then to be with him at his last public appearance at the World Series in Cincinnati and to have that honor to be impacted. So what feeds me is, uh, uh, is uh, what I feel about Jackie in an event recently at the mm -hmm. Rose Bowl uh, where I was teaching to or talking to a group of USC students. They know how much I treasure this quote. Jackie's quote, the most important quote that any of us will hear, a life is not important except on the impact it has on other lives. So I, I'm, I'm passionate uh, because I, I have been blessed and in fighting the cancer battle to say I uh, look okay is a credit to um, uh, my surgeon, Dr. Vernon and Dr. Mazzarelli uh, because um, twice they've uh, cut my throat to remove cancer, first from my jawbone, and then the last operation three years ago, almost at this time of the year, where three doctors in a very long operation took the uh, fibula from my left leg and replaced my jawbone. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I know, I know uh, why I'm here. I, I know who to give credit to. And I, I'm simply, uh, I love life. I love life. I want to put this into perspective for people as far as, you know, a lot of us think, Fred, we're put on this earth. We don't know if we come back. We don't know if reincarnation is a thing. So we try to live every day and try to make the most of it. But people say, you know, what is our legacy at the end of the day? One of your legacy items, which absolutely blew me away, because to me, it's always been out there, was the term Dodger Blue. And you think of it as Yankee pinstripes. But the person who came up with that phrase is sitting in this room right now. Did you ever think that phrase would blow up the way it did? And how did that come to you? It came to me um, because when I started with the Dodgers, first in publicity and then in marketing, I wanted to create a all but a college atmosphere. I, I wanted to create something that was really beyond a professional level, that, that it was more than that, that it was a spirit. And um, I, grew, I was born and raised in Ohio, so I was not necessarily a Michigan fan, the opposite of that indeed. <laughs> but when uh, with Michigan and Big Blue, and so uh, the Dodgers, when they had come to Los Angeles, as history would show, is that it was still uh, the, the Brooklyn Bums came to uh, Los Angeles, uh, the bums. Um, but now you have this team uh, in Los Angeles. And so to create an atmosphere and Dodger Blue uh, had, uh, had never, wasn't there, didn't exist. And uh, so I started a campaign, I believe it was in 1977. We had a public workout play in USC, so had the invitation come out and wear Dodger blue. I had a, a dinner the night before with our stadium operations manager and Peter O'Malley, 
and Peter said, hey, Bob Smith, hey, Bob, why don't we paint even the fences for tomorrow? We, we should have painted the fences a, a darker shade of blue and, and paint the bases blue. And um, lo and behold, uh, Bob Smith made, uh, left the dinner, made a call and had his grounds crew do that. So we created something. And I knew that we had it after, and we had the greatest guy to spread the blue in the wonderful Tommy Lasorda. And I knew that we had achieved it when Union Oil, a year or two later, came out with a bumper sticker. No logo, no name Dodgers, two words, think blue. And I thought, uh, we, we've, we've done it. And so to, um, and when I say that, uh, like anything else, like the winning team, it's not Fred. It is a group of people that have to come together to make things like that happen. But you want to create a spirit within an organization. You want to create. Steve's been in the game. He knows it from the standpoint of being a coach and a player. If you want to know about a general manager, don't ask the general manager. Ask the scouts he worked with. Ask the people in player development. Ask the clubhouse people. Ask the former players. And whatever they tell you about that person, believe me, write it down as factual. So your job, if you're going to be a successful general manager, as successful as you can be, bring the people together as a team. And Dodger Blue is part of that. 